I was uh, traveling around. I was in England teaching for a week. Then I was, uh, then I walked around Mount Blanc. It's just this, we did a 90 mile trip, six days, just going up and down, up and down, hiking. And then my son had asked me, Isaac, our son had asked me to join him in Israel, like at the last minute. And it turned out I, I was able to change my flights and go. So I hadn't planned to be gone as long as I was gone. But so I was eight days in Israel. And um, I wanted to uh, share some thoughts that I had being there. But I thought, I think, I thought of you all a lot in our community here in Skagit. And um, I was kind of blown away by, a, in a fresh way, by how Jesus, when he came to earth, he didn't go to the centers of power. He went to the edges of the society where the outsiders and the rejected ones and the people with all the troubles were. And one of the places that he went first was Galilee, which was uh, way out in the boondocks of Israel. You know, it wasn't, it was way up north. It, right now it borders on Syria and Lebanon and Jordan, three countries, three, uh, you know, uh, Muslim countries, Arabic countries. And so I want to, this is just some reflections at the Sea of Galilee where I went swimming. Okay, go for it. Here we are on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, the other side is Capernaum. And on the northern part of the Sea of Galilee, all the heights up further up that way. So beautiful. Uh, it's just amazing to think this was the area where Jesus did all of his miracles. In the beginning, he came here, he called the fishermen. It's like a real humble place, way below sea level, 600 feet or so below sea level. Just to think that uh, this is ground zero for the Jesus movement. And I feel the same Holy Spirit here as I do in Skagit County. And that's pretty exciting just to be here and realize that the resurrected Jesus says he'll be with us always at the end of the age. So we have the Holy Spirit. Here's the sea where Jesus calmed the storm, or he walked on the water, and he told the fishermen to cast their nets out in the deeper water. And uh, how many Christians are there around these shores? I don't know how to say a lot of Jews, a lot of Muslims, a lot of uh, there are a lot of pilgrims, but they're mainly people from other nations coming here to visit. So we'll see what we discover the rest of the day. So, yeah, that's thinking about Jesus starting just walking along the shore and finding people who were fishermen who were just casting the nets in fishing. And then he called them, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of people. And then, you know, he, you know, he went to Galilee and I just, I want to read a scripture about that. Galilee was a dark, difficult place. Okay. Kind of like uh, places around here, you know, where, trap houses and our jails and you know places where the homeless find to find refuge try to find refuge right um so right at the beginning of matthew chapter four it says jesus heard that john had been taken into custody john the baptist was his cousin and he got arrested so jesus took off he withdrew to galilee okay um so he first went there because his cousin got arrested and then um and he did all of it, most of his ministry, three years, most of his ministry was here around this lake, which is small. It's a small lake. It's smaller than the Lake Watkin, probably. 
Um, and leaving Nazareth, he came and he settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea, which is just on the other side of that lake where I, where I was. He came um, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what spoke, what was spoken for Isaiah the prophet. The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Gentiles were considered like the lost, like the pagans. You know, um, in some Bibles, it says the heathen, like the King James Version. Um, the people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. So who are the people sitting in darkness? Where are people sitting in darkness now in our county, do you think? Jail. Jail, okay. On the streets. On the streets. Yeah. I think of houses, all that themselves. Hospitals. I think of people who are just lonely, like teenagers and youth who are like cutting themselves and, you know, um, doing different things that are harmful, self-harm type stuff, right? Who maybe feel lonely, like extreme loneliness and, and despair and thinking about taking their lives, right? So it says those, the people who walk, were sitting in darkness saw a great light. That was Jesus, right? And those who were sitting by the land of the, uh, sitting in the land of the shadow of death, Upon them a light dawned. Yeah, like the sun came up and shone on them, right? From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, change your way of thinking, or think differently, or repent, some of our Bibles say, for the kingdom of God is drawing close. So um, then there's one more scripture that says what Jesus did. It's Matthew 9, 35 to 38. It says... Jesus was going through all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. That's what he did around that lake, all these villages and the mountains above it. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them. So he didn't judge them. He didn't judge them. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. You think there's people like that today, sheep without a shepherd? that bible says they were harassed and helpless they owed all these fines they had warrants they had addictions they didn't know how to if they wanted to get into treatment even if they did they didn't know if there was a bed bed available or whether detox had openings or whatever right so he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few therefore beg the lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest so right away jesus knew that he, he wasn't enough he needed a whole army of people which is here we are we have an army of people right here so we're ready to go right so here we are we live in galilee so um that's pretty cool i think anyway i want to show you another video now of because i we went to jerusalem after this and jesus had the same mentality when he went to the capital the big city as he did um when he was in Galilee. Okay, um, so the first picture I'm going to show you is on the Temple Mount. That's where the Israel Israel had its big temple, you know, the temple that Jesus taught in, which the disciples said, isn't the temple beautiful? And he says, not one stone is going to be left upon another. All of it's coming down, folks. So don't get too nostalgic about your temple. I'm not about religion. I'm about faith. And so there you go. And so we're right there. I'm going to show you the site where the temple was. It's, it's not one stone is left upon another. What there is now is a mosque. 
It's called the Dome of the Rock. So check it out. Here in front of the Dome of the Rock. And uh, it's quite the basic spot right, right here because it's facing directly uh, the Mount Falls, which are right through there. And uh, just walking along this Temple Mount, which is where the original temple was, through some temple. And uh, just praying for peace. And thinking about you know, Jesus coming and teaching right in this area. And, uh, him being, you know, the one who's Prince of Peace, here in this kind of setting where, on one hand, Mount of Olives, where Jesus hung out with his disciples, who come in and make his incursions into the city to teach in the temple right here. And then um, the oldest. Mosque, um, but anyway, just I'm in a prayerful state and really moved to be here and uh, seeing so many seriously religious people pursuing God in their own ways. So, yeah, so what point you know, I know I'm going to may have a spot where you don't have to kill out of any camera. Oh, uh, yeah, you can't go into the Dome of the Rock unless you're Muslim. I tried to. I went there and I said, hey, I pray for Muslims. Will that count? Will, that let, will you let me go in there? Yeah, I got right in there. I, I walked around it and was praying. I walked around like two or three times. Then the, then the Israeli police came and they drove everyone out and made us all go out. They all came with their machine guns. It's kind of a heavy-duty place. Like, you know, um, like there's a lot of tensions. Because uh, it's this is the one of the major holy places of Islam, and yet it's right in the heart of it, Jerusalem. And there's on the other side of it, it's this thing called the Wailing Wall, which is the, this wall that was part of the original temple, where the Jews um, they they go right up against it, kind of like this, and they just bob and bob and pray against the rock. And they've got all these cracks in it everywhere where they put little uh, they put pieces of paper with names on it. And I put, I went there and I put Tierra Nueva, faith community, all of our people. And I wrote it, I put it in there and I stuck it in one of the cracks and I prayed for you guys right there. It's pretty cool. So it's there and it's stuck, stuck in a crack and it's not gonna go anywhere. So there you are. So let's check out the next video. I noticed that they all had yeah, that was like a gown that you can put on that you need to put on. Some of these places, like in the Jewish place, you got to put a white little cap or a black cap on your a skull cap. Yeah. And mine blew off, and they came and they said, "Where's your skull cap?" And I said, "Oh, uh oh." And I ran and got, got another one and put it on. But the, the Muslims have their own kind of rope uh, clothes, and I wasn't wearing them. No one told me anything, so but they didn't stop me. So whatever. The man yeah, I know. I don't know what that was. I'm really struck here as I look over at Jerusalem and I hear the Muslim prayers. And, uh, and I think right behind that uh, over the rock is um, Wailing Wall, you know, the Western Wall and uh, the Jewish Quarter. And uh, here, right where we are, is Mount of Olives. You know, I think that Jesus, you know, being outside the camp, you know, that he, he came out, was arrested here, brought in as a criminal. And between 
this outline out near location, located as Jesus on the Mount of Olives and Garden of Gethsemane. Um, and the Jewish quarter is by the Muslims. And, and it really feels like the way forward into, into those worlds of Islam and Judaism is via the outsider himself, Jesus the Cornerstone, who um, was a rock of offense. And it's the offense of the Messiah who comes to be crucified rather than to be the dominionist liberator uh, here now that um, I think is really critical to focus on that I'm finding myself meditating on right now. Those graves are uh, people want to be people want to be buried right there facing uh, the city, so that when Jesus the Messiah returns, they believe that He's going to judge everybody right there in that valley. It's the Valley of, of Judgment, and then those that are saved are going to be able to go into the temple. And so, all uh, religious Jews they want to have a burial plot right there. So anyway, that's why there was all those graves. So anyway, that just got me thinking um, about how when Jesus came to Jerusalem, he didn't even sleep in the city. He stayed outside in on the mountainsides. So it'd be like if we went to Seattle and to try to do some outreach, we'd sleep, you know, like in the Cascades somewhere, like in, you know, in the mountains. And then we'd go in and we'd, and we'd speak and preach in the downtown and we'd go out and sleep in the countryside. That's how Jesus operated. He was like, he came with a band of like disciples that were all outsiders to religious power and religious systems. And it made me think of us, like who's come out of a church background? Like Crystal, did you come out of a church background? Did I what? Come out of a church background? Um, kind of, yes and no. You came out of it though, right? I did. And so a lot of us came out of it. Like I blew off my Christian background when I was 13, I, I left everything. And, didn't come back really until my 20, late mid twenties or whatever. Yeah. When, when I first met him, he invited me in the church, and I said, "Why? I don't remember." I remember that. Yeah. And and so what's cool about Jesus is that he went to the outside of the of the whole religious system. He hung out on that Mount of Olives, and then he would go in and preach in the temple, which was to be scary because the temple was this big religious place way up on that mountain which is where the Dome of the Rock is now, but there were religious leaders and they were always hating him because he would get down on them for all their injustices. And, and then they would try to plot to kill him. And then finally, they, you know, they, they succeeded. They hired one of his guys, Judas, who knew where he hid out in the Mount of Olives and in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is at the bottom of the hill. And Judas knew where Judas, Jesus, Jesus and everyone slept in their sleeping bags or whatever. In, in, the, in the olive groves and, and that's, that's how he led the soldiers to come and arrest him. And then they, you know, three days later, they, they, they strung him up on the cross just right outside the gates of the temple. So I just wanted to read from Hebrews um, 13, which talks about this in a, in a beautiful way. Like, so, you know, we're gonna find Jesus not necessarily in side of temples and religious places like a lot of people try to find him there and inside of just being the righteous goody two-shoe people who go to church all the time right it's like jesus actually went out to where people were that was his way of operating he 
he sent his disciples out in twos to go to where people were, seek after the lost sheep until he found them, right? And, um, and that's still how he is today. So check out Hebrews 13. It says, um, the bodies of the animals whose blood is brought into the holy place, they would sacrifice animals in the temple when the temple was there. Um, and they bring the blood, which represented um, the, you know, the life that was, that was taken out of the animals in, to kind of cover our lives. They had a sacrificial system, right? So it says, uh, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin, they're burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify or make holy the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. He suffered outside the gate, okay? Not inside. He suffered as a rejected one who got the death penalty. So let us go out to him outside the camp. Okay, outside of the religious systems of power, outside of the churches, we go to him outside. We go to Jesus outside, right? That's super cool. And a lot of us have experienced God outside of church. Okay, well, that's his preferred place to meet people. That doesn't mean church isn't important. Church is important because we need community. We need to be with people that uh, can encourage us. We need to be received teaching. We need to, it's hard to live uh, our faith out outside without any support, really hard, right? We need a new community. And a lot of us, a lot of you guys, a lot of people have had a lot of community with fellow, you know, drug users and, and, and that community needs to be, you know, needs to be, we need community of some sort, but ideally a healthy community that we're, of people that are gonna help us stay clean, right? And support each other. So that's why I think church is important, but we need to realize Jesus is outside. He's, look, he's at large. He's looking for people under bridges. He's looking for people in trap and, you know, out in the, um, you know, tra trap houses and out in our county of upriver, everywhere in our jails, in the cells, in the solitary confinement units, in our prisons. He's, he's out about on our streets. So I love this. Therefore, Jesus also that he might. Um, so let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his um, insults, the insults that you've got the shame that he received. For here, we do not have a lasting city, but we're seeking the city which is to come. To me, that's so powerful. And I feel like that's what we need to be about. We go out and we come back, we gather to be strengthened, but then to go out and to be out in the world where Jesus wants us to be. So I'm gonna go back to the beginning of Hebrews 13, which says some cool things that um, says, let the love of the brothers and sisters continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality to foreigners or strangers. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners as though you were in prison with them. And those who are ill-treated, remember them. Since you yourselves also are in the body, the body of Christ, the church, right? Um, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have, for Jesus himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? So let's, let's just pray. I want to um, just pray for us that we would be able to you know, just be confident in our mission.
of being, um, you know, going out to where Jesus is and, and bringing Jesus, um, you know, making Jesus, his name and his teachings known out there where people need to hear it. So God, I just pray for all of us here at Genoa. Thank you. Thank you so much for the way you are, Jesus. You're so amazing. The way you just went to the furthest reaches and to the people that no one thought about or cared about, and you put them as your highest priority. And we just thank you that you've done that for, for us as well. And just help us to be strengthened in our faith and in our love so that we can go out where you want us to go and not be timid, but just take the gospel message, the good news that you, that you planted in our hearts and just share it and to the people that really need it before it's too late for them. We just pray for all the people out there that are, that are on the verge of just, you know, maybe an overdose of something and we don't want to lose them. We've lost already too many people. We just pray for all of us that we would be mobilized and that you give us um, energy and, and not help us not to disqualify ourselves. Thank you that you're already out there and we can meet you, you know, right out there too. Just help us, I pray in Jesus' name. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Anyway, I'm glad that I could share some photos. It's hard to get to Israel. It's a long ways away. And uh, I've got some other videos I can show anybody who's interested. Just about, you know, kind of, so you can see firsthand what it was like. Yeah, you can. It's really cool. It was, it, I was super moved. My son... He didn't want to go to any religious place. And actually, so we didn't really do that much. Instead, he just was like, we were kind of looking at everything from like almost like the geography of it all. Like, like in Galilee, you know, just thinking about this lake. It's just like, that's where the whole Jesus movement started. And there's no big crystal cathedral there. There's no big mega church. In fact, there's hardly any Christians anymore. It's like, that was the place where it all started, but it's gone everywhere. And even to where we are right here, right? And I just love it that Jesus wasn't about just creating some big organization, some big institution, but he was about a movement. And that's still what he's about. 